Hey my happy enders, it is another week and let's get started. This episode has been on the books for a year, maybe two. Uh, this is Princess Corey. She was the talent coordinator at the comedy store. She was good friends with Mitzi. She was the front bartender at the comedy store. She was also married to the late, great Freddie Soto. Uh, this episode is fantastic. I adore her. She wore a dress the whole time. Really should go check it out on YouTube. Um, she makes me look awful like a troll. It's fantastic. Um, but we talk about the comedy store. We talk about Freddie. We talk about being a mom and a comedian and just so much. I love her so much. I will have her on again. And I just want her life story because it was just amazing. Um, please like, click, subscribe, comment. Send emails to joyshappyendings at gmail.com. And always thank you to Care by Design for your CBD lotion and keeping my hands on my body. I appreciate you guys more than you know. An absolute extract for all your THC needs. Uh, thank you, guys. Get undressed, get under the sheets. Ooh, you're in for a treat. No, I promise this is not a dream. It's just a happy ending with Joy Eileen. All right. Are you ready? Oh, I'm, I'm ready. so excited I'm with so this excited one. I'm so excited, too. All right. Do you want to introduce yourself? Um, oh, I get to introduce myself. Well, hello. <laughs> Hi. Thanks for coming. Um, this is, I'm Princess Corey. Joy, thank you so much for having me. I'm no. super excited. I'm so glad you came in. Right. I, it's been mm. like a year or two since I've been trying to get you on. Oh, my God. Has it been that long? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Because I fell in love with your shoes. I didn't even know who you were. No way, really? Oh, my God. Well, yeah, well, because I haven't been around for so long. Uh-huh. You know? I mean, I went back to school and um, became a teacher after Freddie died. So I could put crews through private school. Nice. So, you know, and having, having a bebe is a little bit... Uh, not really conducive to night work. I know. I've, I'm the worst mom in the world. Oh, my God. That's right. You're a mom. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. My kids hide my purse. They're like, don't go out oh, again. I'm like, guys. Oh, my God. They, which is why, like, I get so mad at the marvelous Miss Maisel. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm, yes. Because yes, I'm like, yes, yes. she has no mom guilt. None. No, no. And she's Jewish. No. What Jewish mom <laughs> doesn't pay attention to her kids? Like, uh Oh, my God. You can tell, like, a man is writing it trying to be a female comedian. I'm like, no, no, that's not how it is. Your kids make you feel like an asshole every time you leave the house. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And, like, my husband has to be like, leave mom alone. And I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't go. What time are you going to be home? And I'm like, stop. Uh, Well, that, yeah, but that, I mean, that's what, like, I kind of made that decision you know, which, which, you know, I don't know if I made the right decision or not, but Mitzi and I used to talk about it all the time. And I, you know, cause I lived, I lived in her house, uh-huh. up, like right on top of the Hyatt and with Freddie. And then, you know, and then I would just walk down the Hyatt ramp and then I would, you know, go to work all day in the office and then change clothes and then either open the front bar or host the girls at the comedy store or, you know, or just sit up with her in her office all night. And on the weekends, I'd drive her to La Jolla and we'd go, you know, sit in her fabulous pink Art Deco uh, condo down there. But, 
But we would talk about being a woman in Hollywood and how she was like, you know, of all of the things that she did and all of the power that she had and all the success she had, you know, she really was conflicted about not being a mom. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, the comics were her kids, yes. but her real kids, you know, didn't get the attention. And, and, you know, I don't know how many people she really let on to that, that she was upset. That feels so good. That, um, but she did, you know. And so I, I like when Freddie died, it was like this. Like, to be honest, it was weird. I felt like it was Freddie. Like, I felt like Freddie said you need to run, right? Like you need to run uh-huh. and just take that baby and and go take care of that baby. Okay. You know, and because we were so, I mean, like I'm sure Mitz would have helped me or taken me in or, you know, because she called me right after and was just couldn't believe. She was like, not Freddie, not Freddie. Like mm-hmm. she's like, I could name a million other comics that would have done this, but not Freddie. Right. And um, because she did not like, um, you know, her comics dating, uh, you know, any of the waitresses or, you know, her girls dating her boys, basically. Uh huh. And um, but Freddie was her limo driver and was um, Richard Pryor's limo driver. Uh huh. And so she just absolutely adored him. And she used to say, uh, he's got the heart of a woman, Ogie. She's like, he does, they don't make them like that anymore, okay? So, um, you know, so she kind of, she kind of put us together. And, you know, when they, uh, when they moved the club, did you know about that? They moved the, the, club. the, the club in San Diego? Oh, no. Yeah, so it's been on Pearl Street, like, for a thousand years, but for a while, she bought another location. And so Freddie and I went down there and single-handedly, like, took down all of the pictures, you know, because it looked like this one. Uh-huh. And take, took down all the pictures, moved to the new location, nailed them all up. You know, we had a huge grand opening, you know, went there for, like, the whole weekend and lived down there for the opening. And, um, and then... Gosh, I think it was like maybe a year later uh-huh. that we moved back to the other location and and for whatever reason and me uh, um, well Freddie and I and Mitzi went back down and we were going to move everything back in and Mitzi and I both got the flu and Freddie took care of us and would bring us soup and then like for the whole week Freddie just single-handedly took all the pictures off from the old location oh my and gosh. put it up in the new location i mean put it up in the old old location right and um and then and that's when you know she told me she was like he's a keeper okay oh she was like i approve and i said oh so but yeah it was and i have like a heinous relationship with my mother so it was kind of one of those things where i knew exactly what not to do i had the i had the don't be a mom like this <laughs> semicolon so but you know it's it's been so i'm really 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 close with my daughter uh-huh and and just managed to be really 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 alone <laughs> right like not you know didn't advance at all 
in my career, in yes. my love life, in my uh, financially, emotionally, like nothing. But, yeah. So I don't know how good that is. I don't know if... Um, I mean, I, I think... I mean, well, I guess it's kind of too late now, but I, I guess it will be a matter of... Like, I never modeled a relationship for her. Right. You know? So... How old is she now? Um, she's going to be 18. Oh, my god. Yeah, she's just applied for colleges this weekend. Oh, that's right. No, it's so crazy. I can't even believe. See, I don't know, because I'm doing the opposite, where I am leaving and, like, trying to manage homework and laundry oh God. and oh then God. being out till two in the morning, taking them to school and coming home and taking a nap. Yes. Like my yes. sister-in-law's nap shame me. They're like, were you napping? And I'm like, no, no, I was in the shower. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, you guys don't understand. I'm, I'm hustling and then coming like, it's a lot. And yeah. then the podcast and then I work at a chiropractor's office. So I'm spread pretty thin. <laughs> Oh, my God. Like, I got on the elliptical for 28 minutes today, and I was like, okay, that was for me. That was mine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And that doesn't happen very often. I'm like, ugh. So. No, it's, it's, you know, and it's a little bit ridiculous that, you know, women are supposed to be able to do it all. You know, it's, it's a little, it's a little bit psychotic. And, well, and, and like, that's why. Like that's, that's how I ended up getting the breast reductions is because, you know, I, my dad left when I was, um, 11 okay. and, um, and my mom was like a hippie, like, like didn't wear shoes, didn't wear makeup, like, you know, just ve- like this idealistic, like a wealthy hippie, uh-huh. right. Who like went from her father's house to her husband's house. And so was like, Oh, I'm going to save the world. But like had no idea really how to do anything and what the world was. Yeah, exactly. And, um, like never wondered where her breakfast was coming from. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, like, and, um, she, we, we did not get along. There's, that's a whole, that's a whole other story. Anyhow. So I moved out when I was 15 and, so I was on my own and I just remember thinking, you know what? Like, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be successful. I'm not going to be poor. You know, this is bullshit. Like, we don't have food. And so, like, I went out and, like, got a job when I was 11. And because I was like, oh, the electricity's out. I should probably go get a job so I can get money and, like, turn it back on because my mom just fell into the bottom of a bottle. Right. And and my brother was sick, so I had to, like, take care of my brother and make sure that he was okay. And so I was just all this responsibility was on my shoulders. And I thought, okay, well, and this was in the, you know, I was born in 72, right? So this was the 80s. And Uh so it was working girl and the shoulder pads and everything was, like, you know, high-powered women. Uh And I said, oh, I want that, right? Like, I am so into that. And I got, like, when I was 13, I got to, like, my first full-time job was volunteering or, or like, on the the summer. Uh And it was, like, in an office. And I was so excited to, like, use a copier. (laughs) You know, like, just Dorkville. And and then I was like, oh, I'm going to be like this amazing businesswoman. And so then when I went to high school, they said, you know, you could take a mentorship program. And I said, I'm going to work at IBM because that's the best one. And, 
you know, started working there in high school and then revamped their entire marketing department. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get a, you know, they're, they're like, we're going to hire you right out of high school. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to be so rich and so powerful. It's going to be great. And then I was walking down the corridor and I hear my boss say, you mean the girl with the tits in the corner? And oh. I was like, uh, I'm sorry. Now, granted, I did have a size 42 triple F breasts, uh-huh. which, you know, in the 80s. That was, you know, probably like quadruple age. Uh huh. These days, been there when I was pregnant. Get it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like it was. I mean, they were gargantuan. Like they were really like it was. It was. It was a lot, right? Uh huh. I, you know, I used to think maybe I should date a lawyer because I caused so many car accidents. Like I could just say, hey, you know, I'm going to be crossing, you know, Canal Street at such and such a time, (laughs) and, but. The attention was so, like, after years and years and years of it, you know, I was like, you know, I'm really smart and I'm really funny. And, and, you know, like, nobody's paying attention to anything but my boobs. And Uh they just automatically assume that I'm a slut. And, and, you know, because in the eighth grade, I didn't have anything. Yeah. You know, and I was, like, straight-A student and, like, breaking the curve. And nobody wanted to date me. And everybody, you know, and I was, like, all alone. And then all of a sudden, I get these two bags of fat that hang off of me. And, and then everybody wants to date me. Yep. So I dated all of them. Because, you, know. you know, I'm not stupid. But I just wanted to sample the wares. Now, where, how did, much did you reduce them to? Um, so this was, I was a... 42 triple F and I went down to a 38 double D okay. and then from a 38 double D I went down to a 36 C because he kind of botched up the first one. Okay. And, um, because we had terrible insurance, but, oh, and then, oh, and then that was the other like crazy hashtag me too story is this doctor. Every time I showed up, he, there would be like, he's in a doctor's coat, but then there'd be another guy with like golf shoes on Ew. with a with a coat on and he was like oh this is dr so-and-so and uh he's gonna be checking you out because i like my very first appointment i remember sat there and i like i was kind of you know like bad posture i was uh-huh. hunched over and he's like well you know it's a really serious operation and if you don't need it you know you shouldn't have it and and i was like yeah yeah, yeah. just get me in the room here and, and i'll show you and so i go in the room and he opened up the you know, like my gown, and he was like, holy mother of God. Oh, my God. And I was like, yeah, I know. They're massive. And so then it was like, I just, every appointment, it was like some random guy would be there fondling my boobs. That's, uh, Right? Like, like he would just probably be like, hey, I know I owe you 20. Just, you know, after your back nine, just come by this, this appointment. Uh, and it was so crazy. But, like, in... Because I grew up in New Orleans, and so, you know, we were going to bars at, like, 13. and Oh, my God. And so I just remember, you know, being at the bars and getting – and to the point where I just – I knew exactly what the group of guys were talking about. And so I would just walk right up to them. I'd say, first of all, I get half of whatever the bet is right now. Cough it up. <laughs> and then would be like, what are you talking about? And they're like, just give her the money. <laughs> And then, and then I'd be like, yes, they're real. No, you can't touch them. Yes, I can hold uh, that beer can underneath them. Oh, my gosh. You know, I was like, why are they so enamored? Until I had my baby, and then I realized, oh, it's sustenance. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. like this is why, you know, the, I mean, like, if you nurse your child, like, they're going to be, like, happy and warm, and, and like, it's going to represent 
goodness and safety and like it totally makes sense that i took a dominatrix class oh hello <laughs> just because i'm trying to find my voice i'm trying to be more confident because uh-huh. i'm not and so I was like, oh, maybe this will teach me, like, how to be confident. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really interesting because that's how men get foot fetishes. Because Wait. when they're a baby, they crawl, uh-huh. and they see their mom's feet, and then they touch their mom's feet, and then she picks no. them up and takes them to the boob. Yeah. So psychologically, they think feet, boob, milk, happiness oh my god that makes so much sense she has a psychology of dominatrix and i was like oh i want to take that oh that sounds really cool because i mean just what she like she did so many things like this is why this is and i'm like oh my god that's so interesting oh my god because i am super nerd like i took notes in a dominatrix class my husband's like of course you did oh i love that i was like i don't want to like spank anyone or I don't want to be anybody's mistress I just Uh want like I really want to find my voice and I'm so because when I get on stage like I don't even know who's gonna come out well and so when did you start doing stand-up kind of four years ago oh wow but mom four years ago okay yeah 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 wait and how old are your kid one child two um three three um 19 13 and eight what all boys Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they're all boys. They can handle themselves. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, the eight-year-old, he knows how to make me feel like shit. There has been times I've driven to an open mic and cried the whole way. Oh. And then got out of the car and been like, okay, be a woman now. Like, suck it up. Oh. Or in the shower. I have a very big pep talk in the shower. Like, you're a big girl. You can do yeah. this. You can handle all of this. You know, just put on your big girl panties. You got this. And then I'm like, I don't wear panties. And then I cry. And then I get out of well, the Well, is it, is it like, do you have this maternal pull that's telling you not to leave, but your drive is overcoming that? Both. Yeah. It's like the most conflicting thing I've ever had. Oh, God. Because I've always been, I've always wanted to do things. So, like, uh-huh. when John, at, John used to work on a Navy ship, and at some point he was gone for eight months, and it was just me and three kids, and so I wrote oh, my first for eight months. For eight months. And we'd wow. just gotten custody of our oldest because my oldest is my wow. stepson. And so I had to do monitored visits with this crazy ex-wife. It was oh just my God. by yourself? By myself. It was miserable. So I wrote my first romance novel because I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do something. Oh my god, that's fantastic. And so like I've always like wanted to do stuff, but anytime there's been a microphone, I'm like, I wanna touch that. Like, yeah, funerals, yeah, you know, yeah. How, like they're like, does anybody want to say anything? And I'm like, wait, we get to do that. Oh, oh my dad hated it. He'd be like, Joy, sit down, sit down. And I'd be like, no, I want to talk in that thing. Oh my God. Same with high school graduation. I spoke at the high school graduation. I'm like, oh, I get to, yeah. I get to talk in front of people. So like when we started, cause we've been coming here kind of seven years on and off. Uh-huh. And then four years I was like, oh, I want to, I want to get on stage and play too. So, but like super off, like I tried it and then I didn't try it again for a couple of years. And then I'd go on like once, maybe every two months. Yeah. Yeah. Like didn't understand open mics, like didn't know any of it. So yeah, I don't. Well, yeah, but Mitz, I mean, you know, I used to sit there with Mitzi during the, you know, during the showcases and during open mics and, you know, we'd watch every single person and. And well, it's crazy because everybody who's huge now, 
you know, it's like I remember when they were just first starting, you oh, know, it. and it's so and it's like I go went away and I come back and I'm like, oh, this is what happens when you stick with it. Right. Right. Uh huh. And um, but she always said, you know, you don't have to be funny in three minutes, but you have to be you. Uh huh. And and, you know, there would be some people that got up that would be just horrific, but she would go, they have it. Oh, you know God. what I'm saying? Like, yep. it didn't matter because it was, you know, she could see through any affectation. You know, she's like, what is it that makes you, you? I love that. You know? And and you're right, though, when you, you know, when you say, like, that you have to find your voice. And But that's the crazy thing is, like, for stand-up, you have to find your voice in front of people. Uh-huh. You know? you ha- You have to find it. I mean, you know, I come from a theater background. I mean, the curtain doesn't go up until you know every line and your costume's perfect mm-hmm. and everything's amazing. And and the concept of fumbling and, and oh, that feels so good. Um, I'm like, oh, pardon me. <laughs> um, you know, the concept of having to, um, I just got distracted. Uh, you know, like just make mistakes live mm-hmm. in front of people is terrifying. It's so much fun. Like when it works, when it bombs, it hurts. Oh yeah. But when it works, like I've never done drugs. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Which scared me because freaking Brody, he had that joke where it was 80% of comedians smoke pot and the other 20% aren't funny. And I was all, <gasps> oh funny. my God, that's so funny. It freaked me out. I was like, oh my God, because I'm so neurotic and Uh anxious. I was like, oh my God, does that mean I'm not going to be funny? And my husband's like, oh my God, shut up. (laughs) I don't smoke pot. Oh my God. But um, it's the first time I've ever felt high. Well, I mean, what I assume. No, yes, 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 yes. And that's good though, because, because Freddie told me, he said, don't ever have a drink or, or, or get high before you go on stage. Because I was like a big party girl when I first came here. And, uh-huh. and, um, and he said, because whatever you do when you start, that's what you need to do for the rest of your life. Right? Because then it becomes a crutch. Yep. And I, and I thought that was the best advice. And that's true. Mm-hmm. I've only been on stage once where I was a little tipsy. Uh-huh. And that was a couple weeks ago. Josh Adam Myers, because I massage in his green room. Uh-huh. And he's like, Joy, I'm going to put you up at the end. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I've been, I've been drinking. Yeah. Is the first time John was like, hey, I want to come. And I was like, cool, you're here. I can drink. You can drive. Right. And so I was like, Josh doesn't put me on. So, yeah, I was drinking. And he's like, you're going to put me, I'm going to put you up. And I'm all, oh, no. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And I went on stage, and I, I mean, it was okay, but it wasn't the same. Yeah. Because I was just like, hey, hi, hello. And I'm like, oh, my God, this isn't you. Calm down. Oh, my gosh. No, but wait, so, but you wrote a novel? I have seven romance books out. Oh. Like, nerd. Like, my super. God. They're nerdy. I love that. <laughs> what do you mean they're nerdy? Just, I don't know. Like, they're self-published, and. The first three that I wrote were, like, me getting back at my ex. Oh, well, actually, it was very just cathartic. Yeah, yeah. And I killed him, and it was, I ruined his family, and <laughs> it I made me feel it. better. I love it. So, but somebody, because I also ghostwrite, uh-huh. and somebody told me, they're like, authors have a very hard time finding their voice because they have so many voices in them. And I'm all, oh, that 
makes sense. Oh, wow. And that hit me. I just heard it last Tuesday and I was all, oh. That's really, really amazing. Yes. And then I asked her, because I'm actually taking her class. I'm taking Pretty Funny Women, because I'm just, I don't know what else to do right now. Uh -huh. And Lisa, she's the one who runs it, and she was like, we're going to help you. And I'm like, that's all I want. I need to find Aww. who I am. <laughs> I'm like, I can write. I can be funny. I yeah, can write jokes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I just need to know how I'm delivering them. Because like sometimes I'll get up, and I'll just stand there. Sometimes I get up, and I'm like running around the stage. And I'm like, I just... But why can't you why can't you tell a story in all of the voices of all of your characters? And I might be able to. I think I just need to find where I'm comfortable though. Like uh -huh. so when I'm like get off stage, I constantly feel like, okay, I got this, you know. Yeah. Well yeah, that the, I, I will never forget the first time like when you do really well and then you get off stage and, and you kind of are in this vortex. Yes. And where, like, everybody sounds like they're really far away. And, and you also, I don't know if it's like that anymore, but, you know, in the 20th century when I was doing stand-up, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, you, you kind of worry, like, you get this feeling like people... Well, I guess like before I did it, everybody liked me, and then as soon as you do it and you're and you do it well, mm -hmm. you become like competition. Yes, right. And then and I didn't like that, you know, because I'm southern. I like I want everybody, to, you know, to be charming and delightful and have a good time. Like I'm, I am not a competitive person. Neither you know? am I. Yeah, and 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 I didn't, I didn't like that feeling. Because I don't think that it needs to be that way. No, I agree. No, and I like, like, if somebody has a good set, I will tell them. And, I mean, if they don't have a good set, I'm just like, hey, hi, how you doing? Like, I don't want to lie to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like it when people do well. Like, if you keep the crowd laughing and yes. I'm coming up next, thank you. Like, keep them happy. I know, I know. Well, see, but that's, you know, maybe that's, you know, because you have this, you know, the writer in you first, so you can, you have an appreciation when you see art done well. Uh-huh. Right? Like, you can go, wow, that's great. And it doesn't, like, there's more than enough room for everybody. Right? Like, you I'm know? not like anyone. I know mm -hmm. I'm a mom. I write romance books. I'm a massage therapist. I'm oh fat. <laughs> like, I'm different, and I'm okay with that. Like, you know, nobody's going to be me. Uh, so why, and who's going to be whoever else? That's fine. Yeah. But that's just me, which probably means I'm not going to make it. But hey, that's No, okay. no, no, I'm but wait, and do you, do you talk <laughs> about that you write romance novels? I do. Yeah, because that's brilliant. Cause, and it's funny, because, like, first of all, the first thing they're like is, oh, is it nasty? Is it, like, Fifty Shades of Grey? And I'm like, no, I'm not a billionaire. Like, so <laughs> obviously it's not like Fifty Shades of Grey, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's just mm. funny. Like, is it dirty? And I'm like, you know, they have sex, but mm. it's not, I'm not erotic. Uh-huh. Like, I'm slow burn. I'm dialogue based. So. I'm Which like, is super erotic for women. I love it. Right. I love oh dialogue. Oh, my God. Yeah. You, you, seriously, like, yeah. I mean, you, 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 it's like you have to. Well, it's so funny because I was, um, I had a book one time it, and it was, you know, I picked it up and it was about sex, but then it turned out to be like 
Bible related about sex, right? Which I thought was so funny because it, it wasn't saying don't do it. It was saying, here's all the, all of the, you know, allegories about, you know, the woman being a tight drum and then you have to make sure that you loosen her up so that her honey flows before she's ready. Oh my And I was like, okay, that's a scream. You know, and then and then the and then the guy goes, gentlemen, this means that women have to have foreplay, otherwise she won't be wet. And th- and I was like, oh, oh my god! But I just I just the concept that there are parts of the Bible that are a handbook for sex, right? Like oh like god. very much so. Like and like the the book said, there's more how to in the Bible about actual, the act of sex, then there is marriage. Really? Yes. Well, it makes sense. A bunch of old, horny-ass men wrote it. (laughs) A bunch of guys on a fishing trip for a really long time, and they're like, hey, you know what I miss? They're like, how do we get money in women? I don't know. Let's make a religion. (laughs) Oh, my God. But no, I mean, it is like the, the, and, you know, I worry about, the kids today with the short attention span and texting and everything's like short and choppy, mm-hmm. you know, like you need to have like a nice long, like a nice long story that gets you in the mood, right? I hope so. I mean, like some people, like I have fans, like I have super fans, like I have people who have tattoos. Oh my God, are you serious? Yes. It's so cool. It's terrifying. I'm like, stop, why are you doing that? And they're like, no, because I have a rock and roll, it's a fictitious rock and roll band because I've always wanted to be a rock star and just not going to happen. So I stop made, saying not gonna happen. <laughs> so I made my own, uh-huh. and like they're called the jackholes, and um, I have people who have jackholes tattoos, and it's so oh crazy. Well, oh my gosh! Okay. Wait, how long have the books been out? Um, the first one came out two thousand fifteen. Oh my god, girl, you're just kicking ass. <laughs> I'm trying. I had, the fourth one, it's been two years, and I did an author signing a while ago, and I had readers yell at me. And I'm like, I know. it's. Wait, I, what do you mean? Because it's a series. It's going to be six books, and the uh-huh. fourth one hasn't come out in two years. Oh, oh, yell at you like, mm-hmm. get a move on. They're like, joy. And I'm like, it's it's there. Oh, it's my coming. God. I'm like, come watch my kids. or Well, yeah, right? Buy more so I can quit the chiropractor. <laughs> like, please. Well, and then would... would because isn't um, I mean I've the concept I've always written like I've always always written mm-hmm. my whole life but um, you know but it was you know my life story but it was but what you want though is to have somebody you know pay you a large sum of money right yeah. and then and then you're able to just kick back and focus on your writing yes and so are they not doing that anymore because of the interwebs well i'm self published uh-huh. i'm too scared to actually submit my manuscript so i just self published well what's, what's well what's to submit it's already published it's published but it's published under me yeah. so I, all the marketing and everything and i'm not very good at marketing like, honestly, I'm uh-huh. bad. But I have a friend who adores my books. So I'm ghostwriting three books for her. Oh, my God. And she said, <laughs> she's, she quit her job. Like, all she does is write. 
And she was like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to split what half of what we make on these three books. Oh, my god! Her last book in the first month made $6,000. So she's like, but what we're going to do is 3000 of this money that you're going to get from these three books, you're going to sh- let me market your next book. I'm going to teach you how to spend $3,000. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Yes. Yes. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, because it takes money to make money. I yes. hate that part. So she's like, we're going to play. She's like, your books need to be marketed. As soon as they're out, they're going to be good. Uh-huh. So of course, my husband's like, oh, are you going to use like it for the Jack Holes books? And I'm like, no, I want to write a new book and market that. And then hopefully people will come back and want to binge whatever, what else I've written. Oh, right, right. I go, because it would be weird to market a book that's been out since 2015. And he's like, oh, so you're going to write another one. I'm like, oh, my God, I have so many books, like, half written on my computer. It's fine. Like, calm oh, down. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So that's what we're going to do. See, that's when, that's when you know it's just a calling, right? When yes. It's, when it's effortless. It's so and much it's there. Like as soon as you sit down in front of the blank page, you just yes, that oh is something God. I know I'm good at. I can create. You tell me, Joy, I want uh-huh. a book about something, 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 and I can write. I mean, of course, it's going to have a happy ending because, uh-huh. <laughs> but I can write you one, and I'll have twists, and I'll have plots, uh-huh. and I'll have arcs. But yeah, that's... and now what? What about? And you like books as opposed to scripts? I've never done scripts. Uh huh. Um, I have one book that it's my fa- it's my favorite book that I wrote. It's called Transparent, and a, a guy in the 19th century goes to a gypsy and he was like, "Hey, um, I need a love spell." And the gypsy is like, "Well, what about true love?" And he's like, "I don't need that." So she, Dorian Gray esque, puts his essence in a portrait. Oh. And he comes, and it's now present day, and this girl works in an art gallery, and she takes this portrait home and she hears him talking and she's like what is it she's like you need to go to Vegas for a ventriloquy because I don't know where you are and it sounds like you're right in front of me and it's just ice cold so as they get to know each other like he becomes warm and then he becomes solid but he's still invisible and then he becomes like a like a hologram and then he becomes solid so the more transparent his feelings are, the more he becomes a real person. Oh my God, I love that. It's my favorite story. And I was like, if we could make this into a movie, this would be- Yes, it would be great. It's so good. And like, of course, on Halloween, the curse is broken. So he goes back in time to fix what he's what ruined and yeah. Oh my God. So yeah. But it's so fun. It's like it's no, that's so good, and it's so original. Yeah, which <laughs> I have such a hard time with remakes of movies because we're getting like another Planet of the Apes, and oh I'm like, God. I have seven original books right here. <laughs> Please look at me. Okay, from your mouth to God's ears, because I mean, here you are in the basement. Oh, which I forgot to say hi to the ghosts. I forgot to say <laughs> hi and thank you for having us. Um, you are here in the belly of the beast uh-huh. and you are speaking this into the universe yeah and it's gonna happen yeah because like first of all you know it's the year of the woman right i mean yes. I, I can't imagine that you know if you pitched something to someone that you know they'd be like no 
right? This this is the time when you pitch things. See, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Like, same with stand-up comedy. I had no idea how to get into an open mic. So I took a stand-up class. I'm like, oh, this must be how you do it. Oh, my God. So I took a stand-up class with Tom Clark. I took two, actually. Uh -huh. I took his one and two. And then still didn't understand. He... Uh, he explained open mics, but he just didn't, I guess, I don't know, or maybe I just didn't look into it enough. And I was like, I don't know where to go to get up. Uh -huh. Like now I do, it's just getting the time. Cause I also live in Valencia, so. Oh my God, girl. <laughs> Driving here, you know, it's like 35 minutes to get here, so. Oh my Lord. <laughs> All right, well, d is the transparent book, is that, do you already have it? Yes. It's already out? It's been out for a couple of years, yeah. Okay, because I, I have a I have a friend and um I'm gonna give I'm gonna give her is it is it something that I can send to her or whatever because yeah. um I, I think because she's in the business and I think that um and she works uh specifically with women. Okay. So I bet you I mean if she doesn't know somebody I mean she's in She's not inscripted, but she might know somebody who knows somebody. Right. You know, because I just think that's such a great idea. And now that you've spoken it out in the universe, you got to uh, get on it. <laughs> I do. I just, like I said, I'm like, where do I go? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. And I have a hard time, like, speaking up. Like, hey, hi, I'm Joy. I'm, I'm talented. <laughs> like, ugh. Oh no 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 no! You know, well, yeah, that's the hardest part to do is to is to sell yourself, right? Yes. That's that's the, definitely the hardest thing to do. Now, how did you get here? How did you get to the comedy store? Um, okay, so in New Orleans, I was an actress and I uh, was um, acting in a, a television series in New Orleans. And then there were only two agents in New Orleans, and one of them actually tried to put a hit out on the other agent. Oh shit! And uh, because that's they were trying to cut out the competition that's a movie right there. oh no yeah yeah my, oh. I mean my life story is just already written it's just writes itself so I had an audition and like every girl in town was up for it and then um I got it and it was for a lead in a series out here I came out here I'm in the cab you know coming from the airport and I'm like oh Englewood I wonder if that's like a division of Hollywood <laughs> and and then it's like a full motel casting couch. And I was like, oh, God. I'm like, are you serious? And I'm like, well, I'm already out here. So I call my grandmother and she said, well, you're a reincarnated 40s film star. Oh. And so she goes, you need to find Ciro's Supper Club because that's where you would have hung out. And Ciro's Supper Club is the comedy store. Yep. So and I just didn't know it was the comedy store because there was no computer back then. Uh -huh. And so I just started down the street and I was a bartender and I just was walking down Sunset Boulevard, giving out my resumes. And when I got to the comedy store, I went, I, I, I know this building. Like I know, I know where the, oh, I, I think if I go back here, there's a back door. And I'm like, I feel like I should go up these stairs. And it was just crazy. And I walked in and they were like, what are you doing here? And I said, I think I'm supposed to be here. Oh. And and I said, um, I'm looking for a, a bartending job. And they said, well, we don't have any, you know, female bartenders, but, you know, can you wait tables? And I was like, I really couldn't. But I was like, mm -hmm. oh, sure. And, uh, and they said, well, you know, one of our waitresses fell down the back steps last night, in, you know, and snapped her ankle. And another one's in New Orleans. And I was like, what? And they're like, can you start tonight? And I said, sure. And then... That was like a Wednesday, and then that Friday was the Comedy Awards, so every comedian ever 
that I'd ever seen in my entire life was here. Oh. And it was... It was like like I had died and gone to comedy heaven. And then I was at my table was a man who owned, uh, from Opelousas, Louisiana, who owned the cigar bar at the Sky Bar across the street. So then I got a second job within three days. And then that, and then a guy at the Sky Bar got me an apartment in Sin City right down the street. The, the apartment complex that's right on the top of La Cienega next to Pink Dot. Uh-huh. And so then, so I worked there and just, you know, got to walk to work every day until until I got to move in with Freddie. And then, um, but, yeah, so, like, I, it was just fate, right? Like, I was just supposed to be here. And then Freddie brought me on stage when I did Potluck, the first time I ever did comedy. Yeah. And he was like, you're really funny. And I was like, great, let's get married. <laughs> I was like, that sounds perfect. So you met him here. Like, mm-hmm. how did you know? Like, did he hit on you? Did you hit on him? Um, yeah, well, well, he told me I was funny when, like, I first got off stage, which I thought was, you know, just the best. And then, but I was actually dating uh, this Mexican rock star and at the time. And Freddie... I was like, you're Mexican. I'm like, I don't, I don't like it when he does this. And what about this? And what does this mean? And, you know, like we were best friends. Uh-huh. And so he just kind of sat there and gave me advice and took notes. And then, you know, the second, you know, he made his move, it was, it was like he had my script already. Uh-huh. But the first time, like, I remember before I had gotten up on stage, the very, very first time I saw him, I was in the back in the kitchen and the double doors opened and I saw this guy who had like a halo around him. <laughs> you know, it was just like like there were other people with him but he just seemed to be glowing. Uh-huh. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, that's why I'm here. Like I don't I don't know who this guy is, but it was like oops, it was like fate pointing him out. Uh-huh. Going, okay, this this is the one. Like pay attention to him. And uh, so, and and we had gone down to, I think it was the opening, it was the opening of the new club, actually, to be honest. I think it was, we and we went down, I went with Johnny Sanchez and Freddie, and we stayed at the hotel, I mean, at the, the Comedy Store condo. Uh-huh. And uh, I got nice and toasty, and Freddie was sober. And so, uh, and I remember him going, okay, I'm going to put you to bed. And I'm like, no, no, because we're just friends and you can't like, you know, take advantage of me. And that's not nice. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm just going to put you to bed. And he like sat there and took off all my jewelry and put me to bed and Mm. then left. And I was like, so impressed. (sighs) Boys, not sleeping with a girl is actually the best way to our heart. Yeah. It's really, really like. Like, for a man to be a gentleman, oh, my God. It's sexy. It is. So how did you and Mitzi become friends? Was it just meant to be? Yeah, well, so I had been at the club for a little bit and hadn't seen her. And Brian Holtzman lived in the same apartment complex as I as I did. So, you know, so I was hanging out with him. And we were in the back of the club in the parking lot and all of a sudden Mitzi pulled up and I said oh my god Brian I go I gotta talk to Mitzi I go I gotta tell her thank you and how like amazing this club is and he's and he was like 
uh, no, no, no. And everybody was like, no, no, no. You don't, you don't just walk up to Mitzi. And I go, oh my God, are you kidding me? I'm like, this is like an amazing woman. And she built this place. And mm-hmm. it's like, I've never felt more at home. And I go, of course I'm going to talk to her. And so I just went running up to her. Mitzi, oh my God, I just, my name's Corey. And I just wanted to tell you, thank you so much. And I think you're so amazing. And I go, you built this place. And I, I go, I just, you know, and, and I was just gushing all over her. Mm-hmm. And she, and Brian like had run up behind me to try to like pull me away from her. <laughs> And um, and she looked up at him and uh, and he was like, right. And uh, and just looked at her and she was like, oh, and and she was like, what's your name? And she's like, what do you do? And and that was it. Like from that from that moment on, she goes, she said, uh, I said, well, I'm a bartender. And she goes, oh, and she said, uh, she goes, what about the front bar? And the front bar was not open when I got here. It uh-huh. was just, it like just boarded up. And uh, and I said, like, on Sunset Boulevard? The 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 the, the bar, like uh-huh. out there? And she's like, yeah, you want it? And I was like, yes! Mm-hmm. And so, and then she goes, um, and she's like, uh, do you do stand up? And I was like, well, I'm an actress. I go, I'm trying. And she's like... Oh, and she said, she goes, you look like Mae West, huh, Brian? And he's like, yep, she does. And she goes, you're the one. And I went, what? What, what, what do you mean? And she goes, I knew when it was time to open up the girls at the comedy store. She goes, the woman who was going to be it was going to show up. Oh, my God. Yeah, so she <gasps> started up the girls at the comedy store just for me. She is my all-time hero. Yeah, it was. it was so... It was so incredible. Like the second that I met her, I I just like knew that I was in the presence of like this this mystic. Uh-huh. And and I just wanted to like learn at her feet. And I was like, you know, what what can I I just yes. wanted to devour everything that she could possibly teach me. And it was it was amazing. It was amazing. Like like her office would be clean, right? And uh-huh. then and then the next day I'd come in and there'd be photos everywhere, all over. The, she's like, "Come in, I need you to help me file these." And she didn't need, you know what I'm saying? She didn't need to, but she pulled them all out so that she could teach me. Mm-hmm. Like every photo, she'd be like, "Oh, you see that? You see that?" So it was like, and like I just wanted to learn everything that she had to teach me. Oh my, yes, I. Selfishly, when she passed away, I looked at my husband. I'm all, I'll never know what she would have thought of me. And I go, that makes me so sad because I, I've read all the books. Yeah, like I know all the history of this. I have a dog named Mitzi. Oh like, my god! And I also am a huge Gone with the Wind fan. Yes. So yes. I mean, I have <laughs> all of the Scarlett O'Hara Hallmark things. Like, oh just my god! Super nerd. And I told John, I was like, Mitzi is Scarlett O'Hara. Yeah. And then Argus was like, oh, yeah, I wrote an article about it a long time ago. And I was like, oh, shit, I thought I thought of that. Okay. I'm like, ouch. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so great. But, like, I was like, yeah, this is her Tara. Because when I walked in here, I go, John, I feel like I'm home. And this is before I even knew I wanted to do comedy. Yes. And any time, like, we got away from the kids, because my parents... One week during the summer and one week during Christmas, they take the kids for a week. Mm-hmm. And John would be like, where do you want to go? And I'm like, the comedy store. And we would be here like every night. Oh and I'm like, God. I love this. I go at this place. It's something. It's something for me here. And then I started comedy and I'm like, oh, my God. And you just feel it. Like, you know, like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I've brought so many people here over the last like 24 years 
And they, like some people, it brings out the worst in them. Yes. You know, so, some people who come here, it's whatever demon that they have, it, it's, it comes out. I've seen that. I've done, I've, yes. You know, but You're- like when I'm here, I just feel like... Like this is where I get my this is where I get my power from the red earth of terror. <laughs> yes, it's the yeah, it's the dirt. It's here. Yeah, and I was so sad. I'm like, I'll never know. But like, she's here. She's so here. She Do you know is. what I'm saying? Like, like I I have her picture and I have her candles and I talk to her like every day. In fact, the first night I started working here, I tripped over her seat in the original room, oh my and I'm gosh. all okay. And then I was walking down to the main room and where the belly room stairs start, they had a sign that said, bitch, and it fell when I walked by it. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, should I not be here? I'm sorry. Should I leave? Like, no, I, that's, her, that's her saying hi. I was all, okay, hi. Um, sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Where are you from? I am from Madera, Fresno area. So oh, okay, okay. Just California. Just California. And then I moved to Texas for three years. I was going to say, there's a little bit of a twang. Sometimes it comes out. Yeah. And then I escaped Texas and then came here. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I've been in Valencia 15 years, so... And is that, like, that's Orange Groves, right? That or? is, no, it's Magic Mountain. Oh, okay, okay, copy that. Copy yeah. That. Copy that. Yeah, we just got our first school shooting, so whoo Oh, gosh. Oh, is, is that where the Saugus is? Uh-huh. <gasps> yeah, my kid. Wait, at that school? Your, your kids were in that school? No, we, it's across town. It's, oh, like, one of the God. furthest schools away from us. But it's my 13-year-old still. called me, and he's like, Mom. And I go, what, buddy? And he's all... I don't have to run laps today. <laughs> well, there's one way to think of it. Oh my god. But So do you want to get back on stage like um oh yeah, yeah, but I you know, to be honest, I don't you know, I I'm a performer definitely, but but I as far as being like a stand-up stand-up. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I. That's I. I don't. I don't like the heckler aspect of performance. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. like I. I enjoy being on stage in a long bias cut dress, laying on top of a piano, <laughs> doing a little bit of jokes, a little bit. Of, you know, entertaining. Okay. Little, you know, like. Or or theater, or I can see myself doing a one-woman show, you know, and Mitzi, you know, told me, she's like, please don't leave me. She's like, whatever you do, she goes, she goes, I'll, I'll produce your one-woman show, and it was going to be um, a combination of Sunset Boulevard, All About Eve, and Three Faces of Eve. Yes. Because, you know, Mama's a little crazy. Uh-huh, of and, course. And, you know, and I was like, that's perfect. So... You know, the princess doesn't like to be interrupted. <laughs> if mom is performing on stage, you could keep your you could keep your comments to yourself, Suge, and then we could talk after. I love that. But um, and and I just I don't have that. Um, I don't know. I used to call it a male sense of entitlement. Uh huh. Um, but like I, it's. I mean, I'm glad that I did it, and it's so powerful and it's so amazing. And in order to feel the vibrations of like 
hundreds of different people but yet they're like individual points of light all coming at you at one time and uh-huh. and it's like you're a conductor and so if it gets low in one side you have to lift them up and then but you have to be careful that you don't lift them up too high because then the other side will go down and uh-huh. it's it's an incredible exchange of energy but when when it turns ugly or if you know people start to break off into conversation or you know it's it's mm-hmm. like I'm too I want everybody to have a good time I want to make sure that everybody is happy I want uh-huh. you know I don't want to attack someone uh-huh. in order to get them but you have to it's like a cancer right like you have to zap it otherwise it'll infect the whole room yeah and so that just goes against it goes against my hospitality I get it. Oh you my know, God. to like attack someone and be vicious in you, order to save yourself, right? Uh-huh. So. And everyone else. Yeah. And everyone else. You know what I'm saying? And like, and when I was hosting the girls at the comedy store, like I would, you'd kind of have to do that, right? Like you'd have to take the bullet in between each act or, you know. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, that's why I kind of like the podcast. Uh-huh. aspect of it and and I just I just haven't I knew my daughter was going to leave right like I knew she was going to leave me and I've been so focused on her that I thought okay I better start to get my career back uh-huh. in check and so I just knew it I knew I wanted to be here but not this is my home uh-huh. you know but you know, you can ask Eleanor. Lots of people will be will point out that I'm not a stand-up comic, but I am a comedian. Okay. You know, like I, I'm, a, okay. I'm. You know, if if that makes sense. It does, and you have to do your one-woman show. Yeah, like it has to be done. Yeah, and like, you have to write your book. Like it, 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 and it's because I'm. Like I'm, you know, you're talking about like finding your voice. It was almost like for me when I was an actress, it was harder for me to take the Corey out of whatever character I was doing. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? Like, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm Mitzi's Mae West, right? Like, uh-huh. I'm not, I'm, I, I, I don't even think I like the idea of being an actress where I'm going to have to play, like, a legal secretary, right? Like, uh-huh. I don't, like, I want to be Princess Corey. Yeah. That's what I want to be. As you should be. Right? Oh, my God. You're going to have to come back, and we're just going to have to do Life Story. Oh, my gosh. Where I, would I just love don't to. speak. <laughs> oh, my God. I would love to. Like, you'll have to do my front, though, because this is terrible with my face hanging down. I can't imagine. I must look all, like, red and No, you're perfect. Do no, next time I'll get your legs, too. We'll just, yeah. I just need the whole body so we right? can just talk because I want the whole thing. Oh, my gosh. Now, how do you feel? I feel amazing. Like, I really, 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 really needed that. Yay, I really needed I'm so that. glad. Okay, take your time getting up. And, oh, oh, my God, thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's so amazing to have to do that here. I know. You know? I know. Yes, I know. 
All right, that was my episode with Princess Cory. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. This was a fantastic episode. Um, please like, click, subscribe, comment, send emails to joyshappyendings at gmail.com. And once again, thank you, Care by Design. I love you guys. Bye. That was weird. I shouldn't have said I love you. I meant CBD, but I love you guys too for listening. So I'm going to, on that weird note, bye.